0: we know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger free pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability.
1: Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: Yeah.
3: Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com
2: Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com SIMULTV.com
4: The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. And welcome to another edition of the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, X-Zone at com. on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit net. And for the Exone TV channel on Simultv, we're channel number 21, that's www.simultv.com. My guest this hour is Sherry Brake, and uh, Sherry is an author, lecturer, and paranormal investigator. She owns the award-winning Haunted Heartland Tours and has instructed classes on the paranormal while finding time to consult on a few television shows and to lead yearly adventures to Ireland and Scotland. Sherry writes a monthly column in the Two Lane Living and Graffiti magazines, leads tours and ghost hunts in several states. She is the author of Haunted Stark County, Ohio, The Haunted History of the Ohio State Reformatory, The Haunted History of the West Virginia Penitentiary, and Fireside Folklore of West Virginia, volumes 1, 2, and 3, and The Ghost Hunter's Guide to the West Virginia Pen, as well as The Haunted History of the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. She is a member of many historical and heritage societies and lives on a 100-acre farm in central West Virginia with her family. And guess what, gang? Their house is slightly haunted. Joining me now from a slightly haunted house in West Virginia is our guest this hour, Sherry Brake. And Sherry, welcome to the Exxon.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Rob. Boy, I'll tell you, after that introduction, I'm a little tired. I must have been pretty busy.
4: (laughs) It seems like you're a very busy lady, but I have to ask you, because you piqued my interest, what does slightly haunted mean?
0: (laughs) Well, you have to understand, uh, being an investigator Mm -hmm. and leading haunted history tours, I'm in quite a lot of um, old haunted history. Buildings that are large. I mean, we're talking, you know, fifty thousand square feet, a hundred thousand square feet, two hundred thousand mm-hmm. square feet. Uh, so I'm used to these big places that are that are truly, truly haunted and full of paranormal activity. Right. So just a little old house like mine, you know, it's just going to be slightly haunted. Nothing big. Nothing big.
4: Nothing big compared to the big properties and buildings that you're used to investigating. Oh. How did That's you get?
0: That's right. That's right. And. It, it's just amazing to be able to get the chance to go into those locations.
4: I would imagine so. So tell me, how did you get started in this uh, in the world of the paranormal?
0: Well, I grew up in the '60s, so I, I grew up where there's some interesting television shows in the '60s and the '70s, like The Outer Limits mm-hmm. and The Twilight, and that pretty much piqued my interest at an early age. Yes. Um, I remember learning to read, and I remember getting my library card and going to the library. And instead of picking out, uh, you know, age suitable reading, I would get books on UFOs and aliens and crop circles and mm-hmm. you know the Salem witchcraft trials and things like that. So from an early age, I was always interested in uh, the unusual and the odd. And then, of course, when I got into my twenties, it kind of segued into. Uh, the paranormal as right. a whole and investigating.
4: Fascinating, <laughs> truly fascinating. Um, so you've been investigating for about five or six years, right? I, I'm trying to be nice here. Oh
0: yeah, thank you okay. very much. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, actually, about thirty. <laughs> uh
4: huh. So you so you started when you were three <laughs> years old. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's my joke. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I've used that before, and you're very kind. But, oh. Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm I'm 55 now, so mm-hmm. I've been. You know, this is this is old hat for me. I started long before, uh, you know, any anything sure. was on television. Long before Ghost Hunters aired and Taps was on TV and mm-hmm. all these different shows that were out there. You know, back when I was interested in investigating and, and investigating, it's not really something that you told a great deal of people because of the way that they would view you. Right, uh, it was right. still kind of negative, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of negative connotations with it, and that stereotypical, well, if you're into the paranormal, you must, you know, believe in the devil and be a demon worshiper and all this, and uh, of course, now we know ghost hunting and the paranormal, you know, it's 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 pretty commonplace. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's very, very, very popular, and, uh, you know, it, everybody's got more of an open mm-hmm. mind now, than they did, you know, 20, 30 years ago.
4: So tell me, uh, Sherry, why do you think ghost hunting, ghost tours, and the paranormal is so popular in these days where high technology reigns?
0: Right. Well, I think it's kind of like going to an amusement park. Mm -hmm. Uh, People like to be frightened. They like to um, be scared, but yet they want to be safe about it. And I think that a lot of people out there they want to kind of get their feet wet so if they see a ghost hunt advertised they can mm-hmm. go with their husband their wife uh, take their teenage kids with them even uh, date night you right. know I've even had uh, grandparents bring their teenage ki- their teenage uh, uh, grandchildren with them you know for a, for a ghost hunt or an investigation that's open for the public so I think it's, it's a hobby for many people I have seen um, people come together at ghost hunts and actually get married. Wow. You know, they find out they have like interests. And I've had two couples who have met on my ghost tours that have gotten married. One, actually, one couple uh, was married out in front of Mm -hmm. the West Virginia Penitentiary and ghost hunted for their honeymoon.
4: Different strokes for different folks.
0: Very much so. Very much so. So, you know, it's, it's a great hobby for people to... Uh, to get involved with, and it can be a family hobby. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can plan a trip to, um, you know, uh, an old historic town somewhere and do a ghost hunt and make a weekend out of it.
4: Plus, it's educational.
0: It sure is, you know, and and that's one thing I really stress uh, with my my chores is that the history's got to be the foundation. Uh, I can stand up in front of people all day long and speculate about this and that, and you know tell you rumors of what Mm -hmm. may have happened here who was murdered on this spot but when you've got the cold hard facts of a location uh whether it was a battlefield or a a battleship or a um an old asylum when you present the facts to people and the history uh and then you know maybe show them how to use investigative uh, uh material and equipment they really appreciate being able to you know draw their own conclusions
4: what was it like, Sherry, the first time you saw a ghost?
0: Wow. Well, you know, when you say saw a ghost, most people typically think, you know, the basic apparition of like what you would see yeah. in some Hollywood movie or something mm-hmm. like that. But, um, you know, to, to many people, it's, it can be so many more various forms than that. It can be, you know, your, your hair possibly being pulled while you're standing inside of a cell in an old prison, you know, or you can hear footsteps or you can smell somebody's perfume and there's nobody around you. Um, And whenever that happens, you know, Mm -hmm. it completely takes me by surprise. So I've had many different occurrences throughout the years. Um, Seeing my my complete full-length apparition, though, has only happened one time and that actually happened in our house.
4: In the slightly Believe haunted house.
0: You know, of, of all the places yeah. that I've been to, of course, you know, the full-fledged apparition would happen in, in my home.
4: So when people go out on, on these expeditions with you, whether it's a ghost hunt or whether it's a paranormal investigation or whether it's a, a, a mm-hmm. tour, there are various ways that they can actually encounter a spirit. Like you said, touch, smell, and yet to most people, the only, the only way that they'll actually perceive or, uh, you know, they want to see. And when we come back, I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you some various questions because I find this truly interesting, so please stand by. Exonation. my guest is Sherry Brake. Her website is hauntedhistory.net. Now, Exonation. Nation, the current edition of the X-Chronicles newspaper, is out for January 2019. It's available online to read. You can download it, 92 full-colored pages. And our lead story is uh, how Senator Reid was caught with his fingers in the, um, the taxpayer's bucket and giving millions and millions of dollars away to Robert Bigelow, with a reference to UFOs, and we also have information on the CIA Black Ops program of disinformation when it comes to UFOs as well. That's at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. And Sherry Brick and I will be back on the other side of this very short break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology right here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Ex- Exo Nation, uh, Sherry Brake is my very special guest this hour. Her website is hauntedhistory.net. And Sherry, before we went to the break, I was just uh, I was just saying that you know when people go on a ghost hunter ghost tour, I would believe, I would imagine that the majority are actually going to see a ghost. But as you were describing, a ghost could be an interaction with a ghost could be um, a tugging of the hair in a, at a location or uh, a smell. How do they react to this?
0: Well, I have to tell you, you know, the majority of people who have come on my tours and mm-hmm. events for the last eighteen years, the majority of them are open-minded. I see. But many of those couples that come along, usually it's the husband mm-hmm. or the male who is the skeptic, which I find very interesting. Um, they just kind of bring their wife or their spouse along, you know, to to kind of humor them. Um, and they're they're very uh, critical um, of what is going on, and they observe, and they watch, and they pay attention. They typically appreciate the history of the building, the architecture of the building. Right. But then when something happens to them, it completely rocks their world.
4: So would you say when you're out on the tour, and because of the skepticism of, of those mm-hmm. in attendance, that they are more likely to have the experience than the person who actually goes there looking for the experience.
0: You know it's it's been it's been my um, experience mm-hmm. that yes, wow. they do. It's almost as if their energy, right, um, that maybe their curiosity
3: mm-hmm.
0: for something to happen. Uh, I think the energy that is there, and when I say the energy, I mean the entities. Whether we're dealing with ghosts or spirits mm-hmm. or whatnot, I think that they're intrigued with that person as well. And I also find it's very interesting when we have um, younger guests around, uh, perhaps teenagers or preteens, because they're so open to the experience. Um, they want to see something, and they're curious as well that the energy that is there is drawn to that childlike innocence. You, you said,
4: and correct me if I'm wrong, that there uh, you mentioned ghost and or spirits is there a difference
0: you know when i first started in the field years ago i mm-hmm. i would use those terms uh interchangeably okay. you know ghosts and spirits mm-hmm. whatever mood i was in i would just use those words together um i've worked with a great many deal of um, psychics and mediums yeah who have informed me that it's not so that there's a a, a big difference between what is a ghost and what is a spirit. Um, and to me, and to, you know, of course, my theories have evolved throughout the years and mm-hmm. is the more experience that I have, but a ghost is an entity that has been human, was human in another form, uh, and is basically trapped. They're stuck. They're stuck in this dimension for some reason, um, whether they, they don't know that they're alive As a social worker, you can become an advocate for those who can't. Earn your master's in social work degree online to learn strategies to connect diverse populations with the critical resources they need to improve their well-being, whether it's in a hospital, community service agency, or another setting. What do you think making a difference as a social worker looks like? GCU offers over 250 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
1: absolutely anybody could be like mary be like mary log on to jumbocasino.com and play for free now no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner
0: um, whether they're afraid to go to the other side and to go into the light you know that we've heard so much about um you know whatever reason it is maybe they're tied to the property maybe they're tied to their job. Maybe they're tied to someone in the family that they don't quite want to leave yet, so they stay. They're stuck, and that is a ghost.
4: Can people who are alive on this side of of the veil, can they actually keep the ghost from crossing? Or from progressing into whatever happens next?
0: You know, I wonder about that, and that's that's a great question, Rob. I wonder if maybe... Subconsciously, um, some of us might hold on yeah. in a way to somebody that we don't want, whether it's a, a traumatic death or a murder, sure. or someone that we, you know, so, that we weren't ready to let go, or even a child, God forbid, uh, and mourn them to the mm-hmm. point that you almost prevent that energy uh, from finding peace.
4: Why I'm asking you this is because and, I, I've, I've spoken to a mm-hmm. number of medical practitioners who work in the in the different hospitals and the different wards where these patients are 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 at that point where they're going to cross any time and the doctors have told me as well as the nurses that it seems that when a family is grieving so hard that they don't want to let the person go that that the person is, seems to be actually held back from getting to that that stage on the other side yeah. when they pass, so I'm just wondering if that can yeah. still reach through the veil and hold the spirit or the ghost.
0: I, I think so. I think so. For seven years, mm-hmm. I worked in nursing uh, at a hospital in Northeast Ohio, and um, I worked on the medical floor. We had a lot of nursing home patients mm-hmm. that came in, and unfortunately, you know, I, w- I was there sometimes when these when these folks would pass. Right, and. Um, The ones that were surrounded by family, Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, it was so sad. You knew what they were going through because all of us have been around death. But it seemed like the moment that these these people, the family would leave the room or the husband would walk away from the wife or, you know, however, uh, that you know death was imminent at that moment and it, it, would, it would happen they mm-hmm. just went out to go to get a cup of coffee or out you know to the restroom or out to the nurse's station um and who had they sat you know they had sat with for hours and hours and hours and all of a sudden they leave for five minutes and they you know they pass
4: just like god um, bless the person says all right free at last
0: right right now you've yeah. been in you no know, <clears throat> go under go, go ahead i'm sorry no 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 uh, I was just going to say that you know it's all about energy
3: mm-hmm.
0: at the at the end of the day. Um, we're we're made of energy. We've got an an energy force sure. in us, an electrical force in us. Our our spinal cord, our brain, our heart, you know, and 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 it beats. Mm-hmm. And when we pass, and that energy ceases to say. Um, You know, it's it's believed, you follow the law of of thermodynamics and and with physics, Mm -hmm. that energy never goes away, it takes another shape or another form. So if we've got that energy in us, that electrical impulse in Mm -hmm. us, and we pass, you have to wonder, following the law of physics, what what
4: happens to that
0: energy? Where does it go? Yeah. You know, is that that the soul? Is that the soul? Is that the essence of Mm -hmm. the body? Do we turn into an orb? You know, do we float towards heaven? Are we reincarnated? You know, what becomes of it?
4: So many questions and very few answers.
0: Exactly. And I think that's why I've just, you know, been drawn to this field the majority of my life, is just when you think you might have it figured out, um, you don't. Uh, There are so many questions, so many theories. We don't know the answers. And uh, I think... You know, that, that's kind of what keeps us going as investigators and as researchers. And we'll probably never know the answer ever until we come to that door, you know, and we cross to the other side. I don't care what kind of equipment is manufactured or what mm. the new device is or what kind of a spirit box or an ovulist or whatever you got with you. You know, we're just we're speculating on what we're able to capture. Nothing is concrete.
4: That is so true because in order to actually use any scientific means. You have to have a basis on which though that that uh, that equipment or that theory can be based on, and there is nothing when it comes to the paranormal to, to take a base reading from.
0: Right, right, and I think that's why yeah. the field, you know, we're kind of like the, uh, the red-headed stepchild, uh, you know, of, of the uh, scientific community, because we, we don't really have a piece of equipment. There's nothing that we can Put our finger on. Uh Um, We've got psychics, we've got mediums, uh, we've got some so-called ghost investigating equipment that we can use. Um, We've got the ability to capture voices from beyond, we think, but you can't truly rule out any type of radio interference, radio waves, or anything like that, even though those of us that, you know, record electronic voice phenomena, you know, we know for ourselves, we don't have to prove it to ourselves because we know that that that, that exists and that's such an interesting phenomenon, EVP. Um, but you know, ha- so But how do you? Have you had any experience with
4: that? Uh, I'm not a great believer in EVP. As a, as mm-hmm. a as a an audio engineer, my dear, you know, I I've taken many broadcast engineering courses over my years, and it makes no sense that an audio signal that cannot be detected at the time of recording is thereafter it's right this is this is the part right. of an EVP that that has many people baffled whether it's a exactly. digital recording you know, whether it's I, an analog recording in order for something to be recorded yes. it has to be heard audio
0: yes and you know i have i have heard mm-hmm. That if you take a dog whistle, you're familiar with the dog whistle. Oh, sure. If you, if you take a dog whistle, mm-hmm. of course, that's out of the out of the spectrum of our hearing, out of yes. the realm of a, a human
3: yeah.
0: ability to hear. And you blow that whistle and you record it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: When you play that recording back, I have heard that you're able to hear the dog whistle. But that makes and no I've sense. i wanted to try that.
4: But that makes no sense because if the frequency cannot be heard... I know going forward when you replay it, it on on an yeah. audio or digital it won't be there because it will be there right, but you just, just can't like hear MVP. it yeah listen exactly. you and i have to got to exactly. take our news break so please stand by sherry break is our guest exonation. her website is hauntedhistory.net dot net and sherry and i will be back after the news as we continue right here from our broadcast center and studios in hamilton ontario canada don't forget the x chronicles newspaper With our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. That's X-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-L-E-S, newspaper.com. So, Nation, welcome back. Uh, Sherry Brake is our guest. Her website is hauntedhistory.net. Sherry, with the number of years that you've been out there as a as a paranormal investigator, as an author investigating the paranormal fields, the many locations that you've been to, based on your experience, where, in your opinion, is the most haunted place, I mean, besides your house, that you have ever gone to? <laughs>
0: Well, now that's almost uh, asking me which of my children is my favorite.
4: All right. Which of your children I, is your favorite?
0: I've got, <laughs> you know, I've got so many, I've got so many <laughs> favorite buildings to, uh, you know, to investigate. Um, but, <laughs> boy, it's it's so hard to pick. But I have to tell you, probably the, the most experiences that I have had in a building mm-hmm. uh, would be the West Virginia Penitentiary In Moundsville, West Virginia. Um, If you are a Stephen King fan and recently saw the Castle Rock series that was on Hulu, that was the prison that was featured uh, in that series. Uh, This building was um, construction started back in 1866. Mm -hmm. Um, It closed in the 90s. It held thousands and thousands of men Many men escaped from that building but the inmates all had a belief that if you died in prison that your soul stayed in prison and I think that that building my goodness um, it's just an amazing place to investigate um, it's it's a horrific institution you know back in the early days when these uh, institutions were built these prisons were built um, You did not have a lot of the rules and regulations that are in place for the treatment of inmates as you do now. So there was a lot of cruelty, a lot of uh, harsh punishments, a lot of things that were swept under the carpet. Um, You're dealing with a building there in Moundsville, West Virginia, that has over 998 documented murders and suicides, 85 hangings, and 9 electrocutions. So it is truly, um, truly an intriguing place to investigate.
4: What kind of experiences have you personally had while investigating in the penitentiary?
0: Um, Heard noises, uh, footsteps Mm -hmm. walking down a hallway behind me when I'm the only person in that hallway, um, seeing black shadowy figures walking, you know, uh, out of a cell down the hallway when I'm the only person there. I had my hair pulled once as I stepped into one of the cells and I'd been reading uh, some of the graffiti that the inmates um, had uh, written on the wall. Um, It's just an amazing place. I mean, you think of the thousands and thousands of men that have been there and incarceration. You know, um, you're in your cell pretty much all day long. You've got all of these feelings of regret from the prisoners and hate and love and uh, remorse and once again you know it's all energy based and I, I think when you have that many souls put together in a building that have suffered but
3: mm-hmm.
0: that, that energy gets left behind it's just like a battlefield uh, like Gettysburg um, you know, where over 50,000 men died over three days. You walk across a battlefield like that, and you can feel it. You can feel that energy. You can feel the sadness.
4: But how come that energy doesn't dissipate or leave?
0: Uh, and that's another good question. I think it just kind of hangs out. Um, I'm sure you've heard the term residual yep. energy, you know, re- energy that's left behind. Mm-hmm. Um kind of plays over and over like an old record player. Yep. I think it kind of permeates the atmosphere, and it, it just kind of sticks around. Um, you know, even the Native American Indians believed in, in good medicine, bad medicine, good spirits, bad spirits. You know, they could feel this energy around them, and they knew where there was good energy, and they could feel where there was bad energy.
4: So could we use uh, for another energy, a uh, word energy, karma, good karma, bad karma, good energy, bad energy?
0: Yeah, in a way. I think they're they're interchangeable. I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in, you know, you do good things yeah. for people and that that energy will come back to you. And also like the law of, uh, you know, of attraction. Uh, you know, if I roll out of bed and I think it's going to be a horrible day and woe is me, I think I can kind of draw that energy to me. Whereas if I wake up and I'm perky and I'm like, yeah, oh, this is going to be a great day, things are going to go well, that uh, there's a better chance that they will.
4: I understand that you've also done an investigation at the uh, USS North Carolina battleship. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, what an amazing uh, chance that was to investigate. Uh, We've held three or four public ghost hunts on board the USS North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a battleship that is docked in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina, and um, it is truly uh, it, well, of course, it's a war memorial, you know. Uh, so we treat it with the utmost respect. But um, it it did sustain a uh, torpedo strike, uh, and there were some men that perished. And um, you know, it's it's one of those things that you almost don't want to investigate it because it's it's kind of sacred right, and yeah. they um, it you, it deserves all the respect in the world. And yet. When you're there to be given that chance to do it, uh, it's an amazing thing to happen. And um, I love working with the people down there, the folks that run it. Uh, mm-hmm. It is truly a museum. And if you ever get a chance, um, it's definitely some place to, to investigate. Unfortunately, uh, as far as an investigator and as far as investigating goes, it's a very difficult location to investigate. you got to remember that it's, you know, steel. Sure. it's a big box and everything echoes and all of these noises that you would hear even on the exterior you can hear inside that ship so it's a very tricky place to investigate but we we always love when we get the chance to do it um
4: i also uh, would like to know about the haunted heartland tours that you do
0: Yes, those are tours that I started 18 years ago, and it's really a compilation of, of different types of tours. I have public ghost hunts that uh, folks can sign up uh, for through my website and join me at a location. But then I also offer haunted history walking tours. I do those in Ohio. Um, I also did, a uh, for many, many, many years, I did haunted dinner events where we would find an old haunted restaurant or a oh, yeah. mansion and then have a catered meal and, you know, give people the chance to, uh, investigate afterwards. Um, so, you know, having all these, these different events eventually led me into writing books as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, books that I based on my experiences on the history of these locations as well as people's experiences. You know, when you put together a ghost hunt and you invite 40 or 50 people, and they come, within a couple of days, you know, you start to get emails, phone calls, text messages, and these people start to relay to you the experiences that they had or the intriguing things that happened, or they'll send me photographs, Mm -hmm. they'll send me, you know, audio files to listen to. So for, you know, 18 years I've been compiling all of this evidence, and uh, uh, so it's very helpful when I do, you know, sit down to do a book on a location that I'm able to draw from, you know, all of that experience.
4: So let me ask you, why do you do what you Mm -hmm. do?
0: Uh, Number one, because I like it. Mm -hmm. I love, I love, love, love what I do. Um, I love to educate people. I instruct ghost hunting 101 classes. So I like to be able to teach people the proper way to investigate how to document, tell them the history of the building that we're in, show them how to use the equipment and then turn them loose and let them come to their own conclusion. So, you know, I, I like to entertain Mm
3: -hmm. as
0: well. I like to be hopefully funny, uh, informative. You know, I like to enlighten people and, um, everybody that comes on my events, I think they realize that, that I'm honest. Uh, I'm not going to try to fool them into believing that this dust orb is the spirit or the soul of their grandmother. Uh, I'm not going to tell them if they show me a photograph, for instance. I had someone show me a photograph once years ago. It looked like a moth at a cemetery at night, and Mm -hmm. it was flying above a headstone. And they're like, oh, look, we captured an angel. Oh, my gosh. And yet when I zoom in on it, it's a moth, you know, and I'm like, well, I hate to tell you this. You but know, it, and then, of course, you break their heart because you know. Sure, but
4: isn't isn't the
0: practical about this?
4: But isn't a percentage of the paranormal based on the person's very own belief or their needs to believe in something?
0: Yes, yes, very much. so. Yeah. I mean, you'll have people that a hundred percent—they don't need proof; they believe. Sure. A lot of what they see on TV. You know, unfortunately, um, they think that at every investigation, every ghost hunt that goes on, that you're going to see multiple apparitions and, uh, you know, people are going to levitate and things like that. And then when they actually do do an investigation, they're kind of disappointed because it doesn't happen. Well, something that that does happen, unfortunately, here
4: every 12 minutes is we have to take commercial breaks, so please stand by. Exonation Nation, (laughs) Sherry Break is our guest. Her website is hauntedhistory.net. And uh, Sherry and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
2: yeah guys
3: you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me com. exactly are you guys psychic too of course
2: we all know about simultv.com simultv.com
4: And welcome back one and all. My guest this hour is Sherry uh, Brake, and her her website is hauntedhistory.net. And uh, first of all, Sherry, I want to thank you ever so much for coming on the show. It's been a great pleasure having you with us, and uh, thank you for sharing some of the experiences that you've had uh, over the years with us.
0: Oh, Rob, wow. thank you very much uh, for having me on your show. It's, it's been my pleasure.
4: Well, we'll have to have you back on in the future because we still have so much to talk about. What, but what I'd like to talk to you about right now is um, mm-hmm. you have a book entitled Haunted History of the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Tell me about the asylum.
0: Right, That's quite, that's quite a mouthful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's a very long title, isn't it? <laughs> well, um, I've, I've always been intrigued with this building. This mm-hmm. building is, is located in, in central West Virginia. It's the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Um, it was constructed back during the Civil War. Um, and as any other 19th century asylum, uh, many of the uh, practices and treatments that they did on the insane, of course, that's what they called them at the time, yeah. um, were very experimental And um, so there was some cruelty. You know, you'd have good nurses, bad nurses, good doctors, bad doctors. Um, You would have some of these inhumane practices that these patients would, you know, possibly even die from, uh, the mistreatment. And I just thought it was a fascinating building to be able to do a book on. It was built, uh, as I said, back during the Civil War to house about 250 people. All in all, it ended up housing about 2,000 people, so there was a lot of overcrowding that occurred at this institution. Um, Back in the early days of psychiatry, especially when this building was built, you didn't really even have to have a doctor's exam to be committed at a facility. Um, You were a woman. Your husband could simply sign papers and have you committed. The husband could also have the children given to the, his wife, you know, and committed to the building as well. So, I mean, it was a pretty easy way for some men to get out of having that wife. Um, many of the patients were misdiagnosed, of course.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, some of the first patients suffered from menopause, and of course they were women.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, some women were young, and they were unwed mothers, and the family was so extremely embarrassed by the illegitimate pregnancy that they would have the woman committed when the baby was born the baby would stay with with the woman so you had a lot of mistreatment uh, a lot of abuse in the early days Um, the building closed uh, in the uh, late 1990s Uh, it's open for investigations and tours now now this building is humongous if you can picture the second largest building the second largest stone cut building In the world behind the Kremlin so you have miles and miles of hallways you have over 900 patient rooms Mm -hmm. Uh, you've got all of these surgical treatments that took place you've got lobotomies that would take place you've got all of this again energy sadness um, people that were kept there against their will people that did not deserve to be there people that died from horrific treatments Mm -hmm. And I believe that you know that that energy stays around, and that is a very very interesting building to investigate. Uh, mm. If you ever get a chance, I mean, if, if I, you know, you ever said, "Hey, where do I need to go to?" Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum is definitely worth a visit.
4: What is what what you know? How does that building pay for itself? Somebody must be paying the taxes on it.
0: Oh, well, they do they do day tours. Uh-huh. Uh They do some concerts. They have some plays. Well, wait, sec, wait a sec, they wait a sec, wait a sec. Oh, hold
4: on, hold on here. They have concerts in an mm-hmm. old lunatic Asylum?
0: Sure, sure, sure. Ooh. Well, it's not specifically inside the building, but on the ground. Oh, I see, um, okay, okay. I, it, there's, yeah, there's there's a very, very large grounds. Originally, I think it was around 600 acres My totally Lord. that were on the grounds here. Of course, they don't have that yeah. now, but, um, you know, they'll have things like uh, a fall festival oh, and, and a car show on the grounds. I see. And, um,
3: so they, they have a
0: Halloween attraction.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So they're, they're, they're able to bring in funds. And, of course, the ghost hunts are a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to rent a building like that out overnight, uh, it's quite expensive.
4: I would imagine so, so but mind, um, mind, mind, mind you, with 900 rooms, that would shelter a number of homeless people.
0: Uh, yes, it would. But, yeah. you, you know, to bring it up to today's standards, I mean, that's basically why it was closed Got down. You. Uh, you know, it's cheaper sometimes to just build a brand new facility mm-hmm. than to try to go into something that was that was built in eighteen you know eighteen sixty three and try to renovate it. Exactly. Um, but it is it is truly a, a, a beautiful building to go through. Uh, and I was compelled to write a book on it. Uh, my my aunt was a nurse back in the nineteen seventies there for a short period, and uh, you know I can remember some of the stories that she would tell us about the patients that she would come across. And you know, as a child of 10 years old, I was mm-hmm. I was drawn to those stories. So I was thrilled to be able to uh, to write a book on it. So it's a blend of the history uh, and a blend of, of paranormal occurrences and Good interviews with people that have worked there in the past.
4: Good for you. And uh, I have a lot of respect for for nurses. My wife is a former nurse. She's retired now, so I know exactly how hard oh, you hard. nurses work. Um, so. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for so your it was, help. It was a real yeah. joy to
0: do to do that book.
4: Listen, we've got about four and a half minutes left. My producer just told me I'd like to talk to you about your your tours that you do, uh, haunted history tours in Ireland and Scotland. Tell me a bit about that.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, I, this is going to be. Um, let's see, I've been there five times mm-hmm. on tour. Uh, what we do is we do a, a tour called Haunted Ireland. Uh, and I have one of those coming up in 2020.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I uh, basically take 40 people over. Uh, we all travel together. Um, we head over there, and we, we're we there a week. Uh, and we go to haunted locations, ancient stone circles. We go to the Blarney Castle, and we kiss the Blarney Stone, <laughs> you know, the stone of eloquence yeah. to get the gift of gab. <laughs> uh, but then we also go to a lot of the old cemeteries and... Um, it's just a magical place over there. I mean, we think we have so much history here on this continent, and that oh. yet when you go over there, and you walk around, and some of these cemeteries that you know they date mm-hmm. back to to five hundred to six hundred, um, you know, and you walk around Dublin yeah. and you touch the walls that were built by the Vikings, um, it's it's a pretty cool thing. So I'm I'm thrilled to be able to do haunted Ireland in 2020, and then in uh, 2021, I have two trips going over. To Ireland and Scotland, and that features a boat ride across Loch Ness. Whoa! Right, right. So you know, all the cryptid lovers mm-hmm. love that. Um, you know, everybody wants to go look for Nessie. And I always joke. I said, you know, we odds are we won't see Nessie while we're on the boat, but there is a bar on the boat, so you could have <laughs> a wee bit of Scotch. You know. That might help your chances of seeing Nessie.
4: Yeah, maybe, maybe they should pour the scotch into the lock. Maybe that's why nobody's seeing Nessie anymore, because nobody's <laughs> offering her a, a drink.
0: <laughs> that could be true. But, boy, I'll tell you, it's, yep. it's a joy to be able to do those those tours. And uh, we've had one already sell out in in, uh, in 2021, but we have, we're offering a, a second one. And, of course, if folks Excellent. are interested and the Celtic Crossing uh, trip, they can check out the website at hauntedhistory.net, and uh, hopefully they'll join up and travel there with me.
4: They sound wonderful, and I I wish you success. I've got about, what, Craig, two minutes? What is your opinion on the TV shows, the the ghost hunting shows, where there is so much being done in so little time?
0: I'll tell you, you know, I, I, and I tell everybody that comes in and does the tours and Mm -hmm. the ghost hunting classes, you know, ghost hunting is a lot like fishing. And I say that often, you know, ghost hunting is a lot like fishing. You sit and you sit and you wait and you wait for hours and hours and hours. And occasionally you'll get a bite, a nibble. Mm -hmm. You might not catch a fish, but you'll get the nibble and that'll keep you going on and on. People need to understand that, of course, these shows are for entertainment. If they did not have something Happen on the show or capture something. Nobody's going to tune in the next week, you know. And I've I've consulted on a few of these shows. I've been on a few of the shows, and and I do enjoy it. Um, but you know what I worry about is these people that believe hundred percent of everything yeah, that they see on TV. Exactly. Or you know, and then they and then they show up to do an investigation, and they're so disappointed.
4: Or the people who go on the internet and instead of checking out the websites that they're on, they take everything verbatim. And it's like, oh. Right. Yeah. Listen, the time has come when you and I must say so long for now. But please, don't be a stranger. Come back and visit us. Share some more tales with us. Tell us about your exploits. And, and you know, let's talk about how to become a proper ghost hunter, ghost investigator. And tell us more about your cruises, your tours. But for now, let our listeners know where they can find out more about you and get your books.
0: Oh, thank you, Rob. Um, Yes, if if you're interested in in what I do and would like to join up, you can check out the website at hauntedhistory.net. The website is Haunted Heartland Tours. And if anybody's interested in the books, they can purchase them through the website or even at Amazon.
4: Sherry, thank you so much for joining us. A great pleasure talking to you. And um, all I can say is that I hope one day to have the opportunity of of either going to Ireland or Scotland with you. But if not, we'll meet, certainly meet back here in the Exxon.
0: Well, you know, it'd be wonderful to, uh, to stand on top of that boat and cross Loch Ness uh, with you, even though you're Irish. <laughs> you know, Nessie has... <laughs>
4: Ooh! I'll get the leprechauns after <laughs> you for that one. Good night, Sherry.
0: All right, good night. Thank you, Rob.
4: You're welcome. Exon Nation Sherry a Break has been my guest this hour. Her website, history. Net. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
1: It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide: 15 exclusive channels like Exo, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.